Welcome to the Big Ideas Show and welcome to the hot seat, Hacks. Hello. Hello, Hacks <laughs> from Prisma Broadcast. That's it. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. And our topic is uh, grabbing attention in an impatient world. Yes. Isn't it? We're going to yes. be talking specifically around video and storytelling to grab attention. Exactly. Communicating. How you communicate, I think. Definitely. So we're going to be chatting about that after these titles. You're listening to The Big Idea Show. Proudly supported by Bowfish Glass Services, QBH Solutions, the Go Monkey web app, and Meticulous Media. And we're back. Hello. The conversation today is grabbing attention in an impatient world. Absolutely. Right? Because Absolutely. how many of us see videos, all sorts of videos going around and we're just scrolling past them. How do we get people to actually engage with the stuff we're putting out, aren't we? We're, we're all becoming far less patient. We've got less time to spend on, on time, on, online, uh, you know, watching our phones and whatever. So we very quickly make decisions as to whether we're going to watch it or not. Yeah, yeah. And so tell me very quickly, before we go into quick-fire questions, before we go into our full discussion, what's your background that kind of brings you to this place right now? OK, a bit of a long story. I've been a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been in the industry for almost 30 years. So I started, I learnt to tell stories through film um, and... Uh, about nine years ago, I created a media business because I thought that businesses needed to change uh, and adapt to the way the internet was reacting. Video was becoming more popular, much more easy to watch. Smartphones were, you know, were here to stay. So uh, I then created a m- media business that helped businesses make, tell their story using video. But now that's morphed into a communications agency because we found very quickly that once we delivered the films to our clients, they didn't do much with it. They put it on their website, and then they expected it to perform. Yeah. Well, of course, in t- and we'll talk about this later on, but uh, in today's uh, internet world, you kind of have to put it out there and keep your, your message alive. Mm. Um, and that's how you get a better return on your investment in, in terms of video and how the video will perform better. Yeah. Yeah. So we then started to champion how we could help businesses deploy their films and, and get viewing. Mm. So you fit perfectly into this month's theme, which is self-expression and message, right? A big thing, obviously, in marketing, in business, but for us in general, I think, isn't it? Like, we all want to be heard, we all want to get ourselves kind of... And what's important to us out there and contribute. Sure, right? sure. It works, it works largely in business, mm-hmm. but also a lot of people, particularly on YouTube and, and um, other social media platforms, a lot of people just want to make comment. You know, yeah. they, they, they want to morph from their written comments in blogs to now video blogs, you know, and actually create little videos around their, their pet subjects. So it may not be just a business motivation, mm. but business, I believe now, really does need to pay attention to the way in which it communicates with its own audience and how, particularly if it wants to build its audience and um, what they they in particular expect of that business and that business's message. Yeah, definitely. There's loads of stuff for us to be delving into. Very big. But first, we're going to learn a little bit about you through some of the quick-fire questions. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, favourite colour? Oh, uh, purple, actually. <laughs> okay. You said that was like, you wait, there's going to be much harder questions uh, yeah. if that was like, ah. Well, I guess when, it's, when you're creative, right, you don't really have necessarily one colour. It's like... Well, exactly, exactly. When I was a kid, it was yellow. Okay. Yeah, but That's now, meant to be yeah. the most creative colour, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Purples. And apparently I'm a yellow... I'm a yellow. 
apparently in, in the creative. <laughs> on what scale? In uh, I don't know. There's some some creative scale of, in terms of you know what you, what type of creative are you? Oh, and apparently okay. I'm a yellow. Oh, I so. want to find out what yeah. that is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three core values. Truth, mm-hmm. um, honesty, and love. Nice. Mm. Okay. Uh, Favorite medium for self-expression or to share a message. <sighs> Video. <laughs> oh, that was a surprise <laughs> answer. I guess I read that. Anyway. I think I can guess. <laughs> okay, uh, favorite artist, designer, creator, filmmaker. Uh, the director David Fincher. Uh, best way to get your message across. Oh, there's another one actually, David Attenborough as well. He, okay. he inspires oh, me. Oh, yeah, it's a given, right? Yes, he inspires me. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, best way to get your message across. Best way. Yeah. To engage people yep. by telling stories, I think, building okay. building stories. Yeah, perfectly fits our mm. discussion today, doesn't it? Okay, favourite piece of work you've personally created? Okay, what I thought it was going to be would be was my Mar- Through Marseille Land documentary, which I did for Channel 4, mm-hmm. but one of the most satisfying to see how well it was received and... Um, was productive was uh, a film called Living Positively and it's about getting rid of the stigma around HIV and it was screened in East Africa to schools and so forth. That was enjoyable. It was a challenge to make but very enjoyable and then then watching the you know the the after product as it were that was the most satisfying. So I think if if there was a you know a top one it would be that film Living Positively. Yeah you must get it must be a really moving point when people watch the people that a film is designed to benefit seeing their reaction I yes. know a lot from, from, yeah, from yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You know, Folkestone videos done all those like attending and seeing people the speakers see their talks and yes being it's, it's, a whole, it's a growth it's a growth yeah. you know and to see the reactions and that's why we that's why we communicate we communicate to get other people to react yeah to us to connect know, whether it's a positive mm. or negative or a you know uh, ambivalent I suppose reaction it's still a reaction yeah you know yeah okay nice uh, what would your message in a bottle be Message in a bottle. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> love lots. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the biggest challenge in self-expression? Would you say grabbing pe- people's attention? Yeah. I really do believe that to the core, mm. and I've written um, a book about it. It's it's not far off being finished, but mm. it's all about that really. Nice. Yeah. Because we are we we're living in an impatient world, mm. a world w- which, where we consume so much digital content. You know, it's 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 very important. Yeah, that we. It's, it's that talking. If yeah. no one's listening, it doesn't matter it. how much you talk, does it? Exactly. If no one's listening. Exactly. It's it's not one part. No. It's the two ways. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. You can shout as loud as you want, but if nobody listens, it's pointless. Yeah. Yeah, for you and for, for yeah. what you're trying yeah. to achieve, right? But what's also amazing is one little voice can become millions, mm. and that's 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 you what I like. Both ways. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your? Who's your favourite local artist or creative filmmaker? Creative uh, local. Yeah. Um, ooh, uh, I have to think about that. Um, you can give, you can give us the answer at the end, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who my local local one is. Um, I've seen I've seen some um, people. I'm working at the moment with uh, a company called Story Partners, mm. and they work with charities. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've only known them for a short period of time, but I do like what they do. Their, their films are very engaging, 
and very well filmed, very mm. well edited. So, yes, okay. having been caught on the spot. Yes. <laughs> okay, nice, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, okay, and how do you spark self-expression or cre- and creativity? I guess speak from the heart. Yeah. You know, it, you have to kind of know what you're talking about mm-hmm. or be impassioned by what you're talking about. And that... that um, because in, in a way, then, you become authoritative. Mm. And if you sound and appear authoritative, it's a, a really quick way of making people listen or making you know, people want to know more. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It comes down to that why a lot of the time, yes. doesn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you find out what that is. I do. I, I, Simon Sinek's an amazing, amazing author and, um, well, an amazing guide, really. He's, uh, and he's got a really good point. And I think a lot of it, we, you know, until his book came out, a lot of us were missing that point. Yeah. It was a pivotal book for me, I have to say. Mm. I read it about uh, seven, six years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it kind of helped me guide my clients to finding theirs, which mm. is, you know, very important. Yeah, definitely. And leads us perfectly into our discussion, because our overarching title was designed to grab attention, um, grabbing attention in an impatient world, but our topic is more heartfelt, like exactly like you just said, you're, you're kind of your story, right? And finding your story, but also being able to engage people with your story through video, because that's obviously your medium or film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about, if we take it back to this kind of storytelling element, if we start there, what are some of the key things really for you that are important, both when you're working or, or that you see in the industry as business and people communicating and trying to get attention using video and whether they are using story or they're not and yeah what are some of the things that you I think you look for the unusual Mm. you know an an unusual element in someone's story is usually something that you you take a bit of time to unearth Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to get to know the subject Mm -hmm. you know whether that's a business person whether it's a business itself um, or you know anything that I'm making a documentary on for, for broadcast, you, you get to know and get underneath the story mm. and figure out what the elements are and who your players are. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't matter what type of story. There's, you know, usually there's a protagonist, um, you know, and then there's a resolution. So, you know, what happens at the end? Mm-hmm. And, and that's your journey to show what happens at yep. the end. Um, so I think that you, you have to kind of set it up yeah. and find, find those those elements mm-hmm. and that and usually those elements although they may appear obvious when you first start looking there's stronger ones underneath mm. if you look harder yeah and and you delve a little bit yeah you ask some some questions i recently had a feedback from a client because I, I send out as soon as we start working with a client we send out what we call a discovery document and it's a sort of simple questions that we get them to answer in their own time but usually they answer it in their language which kind of helps identify the language that the film is going to be mm-hmm. And the feedback I got from this particular gentleman, he said, my God, he says, your, your discovery document, that made me look at myself a bit. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> because you do. Sometimes you have to, you, in any subject, mm-hmm. like, like HIV or, uh, you know, wildlife or if you're following the footsteps of an explorer in East Africa, you have to find out what made them tick, mm. what makes a story tick. Um, because it's that's part of the driving element of what yeah. your story is all going to be about. And yeah. if you don't pay attention to what that is, mm. 
then the story very quickly will lose momentum. Yeah. What's the balance, would you say? You said about, you know, when we said grabbing attention, something that's going to stand out and, and is maybe unique. What's the balance between that, like being different, but also then being relatable and, and people being able to put... Because ultimately, how I always think about stories is you're essentially... Someone else is going on the journey for you, but they're essentially they're the, the, the guide and you can then put yourself in their shoes. They're walking the journey and you put yourself in their shoes. So it's got to have some level of connection, hasn't it? Yes. Where's the balance between the two and how do you craft that? Um, I think it's important that you make it relatable mm-hmm. to the viewer. So it's like it's got to it's got to be it's got to twang on some some level of emotion, mm-hmm. or some uh, level of epiphany, um, some level of value. You know, if it's education, um, and that's that's what it is. It's all about you're taking someone, a viewer, on a narrative journey, mm-hmm. and what's the purpose of that narrative journey? If it's just to inform, then. The story doesn't have to... It has to reveal, otherwise you won't, you won't get attention. Mm-hmm. But what happens is you need to create that a, per, a personal journey for your viewer. And if you don't, then that's when they disengage. Yeah, yeah, mm. OK. And in terms of... And when you said about stuff that's unique and catching their attention, is that on a... Would that be in a visual sense you'd normally think about that? Or would it be... Yeah, what, what are some of the kind of tricks and stuff that... And approaches that can be used, would you say? Well, if you look at if you look at stories on social media, mm. um, you know it's always like sort of uh, when when this woman told me um, her story, what happened to her ma- amazed me. You know, or the clickbait. Cre- yeah, yeah, it creates that question. Okay. And that's that's a, t- a technique which is getting very tired now. But at the same time, it isn't. It's part of st- storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, in filmmaking, we call it the setup. So you either you, you, you make it, you, it's all part of the beginning of how you actually set up the viewer mm-hmm. to be more interested to watch the film. Um, and the harder you hit in that setup, the, 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 more, the more engaged they are at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you can then start to take them on the journey. Yeah. So if you ask that question right at the very beginning or get them to ask that question, mm-hmm. then they want to find out. Yeah. And then subconsciously, they make that decision to invest time to find out. Yeah. And if if the reveal is benign for them, they will disengage and, and go away. And that's when you get people dropping off, you know, viewing figures yeah. of a video and whatever. And, yeah. You know, they may not ha- ever have been your proper or your ideal viewer, but equally they may have been, but you haven't engaged them. Yeah. So I guess even though it's all well and good coming up with some catchy clickbait to getting people engaged, but if you can't then deliver that, it's not going to, it's all pointless, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's all about structuring a story, Mm -hmm. delivering the narrative in in order in which it will keep people's interest. Mm. I mean, quite often, how many films do we watch where you actually see a hint of what's happened at the end? You know, and, and that's right at the beginning. Yeah. So you've now got that subconsciously lodged in your mind. Well, how did they get to that? You know, yeah. I want to know more. Yeah. Are there any particularly good examples that you've seen online? In a, I guess we're talking because we're taking this idea of film language, film skills um, in a cinematic kind of context and applying them to a business kind of yes. marketing context. Is there any Is there anything you've seen that particularly works well um, that you've been like, yes, they've nailed it. They've nailed that and applied it to their own industry? 
Yes, I think that there are. Um, there, there are quite a few people out there that have obviously taken time to study it or employed the right, you know, the right people to help them get, you know, do that journey. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, too many to, to mention, but you can they stand out mm-hmm. and when you actually watch them yeah you can see the fact that they're you know the whole thing has been put together and it's a lot more yeah you, you know, impactful do you think there's a stuff. magic formula like because i remember watching a program about um how to make a hit record and they were trying to work out mathematically like scientifically the formula for what makes a hit and they were studying the beats the song the Temper, all this kind of stuff, and they basically came up with no. it trends, but it's always changing. Do you think there's anything like that in film, or is it that there's kind of recipes for a particular a person has to develop their own unique recipe, and then it's unique for them, but won't necessarily work for someone else? I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, they say, please don't ask them what they are right now, but they <laughs> say there are nine nine different story types. Okay, um, and. You can watch any cinema film and you can pigeonhole it into that particular story type. Okay. Uh, and let's face it, the, the cinematic industry have made every type of story out there, um, and so is TV. So there are formulas, mm-hmm. but if you look at... I think there is a general recipe to successful mm-hmm. films and videos, but I don't think it's a specific one. Yeah. I think you have to tick the right boxes at the right, at the appropriate time, mm-hmm. um, and then when you actually put it all together, make sure that it's 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 watertight, as it were. Yeah, because right I guess in it's concept because it's got to it's like a template or a formula, but then you've got to put your own why and your own message and your own stuff in, and yes. it's never going to perfectly fit everyone's model, is it? No, 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 no. And you know, from a if it's a personal story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that might have its own uh, engaging point. That might be, have it. You know, its um, protagonist, so to speak. Mm-hmm. If it's a business, uh, it might be something very different. I believe every business has got three types of stories. I believe it's got its own owner's story yeah. and why they started the business and mm-hmm. you know what motivated them and whatever. Um, I, I believe that they've got the business story, which is usually why is the business in existence mm-hmm. and what you know what what's its core values. Um, and how does it help? Um, and then I think the customer story. Yeah. And the customer story sometimes is the more powerful one mm. because it actually shows how that customer's satisfaction has hap- you know has, has has come across mm. their journey to from a desire to purchase to purchase to experience is um, is a transition is yeah. a narrative in itself. Yeah. Um, and that will reflect on how good the product, the, the company's product or service mm. does that, benefited. Does that normally kind of relate to the life, or like which one's most relevant to the life? Like when you obviously start up, you don't really know much about your customers, but you've got a really strong founder story, right? Yes. And that, would it go like that naturally? Or do you, Absolutely. is there anyone, have you ever worked with anyone when it kind of mixes round and it's actually in reverse? No, well, I think that there's a time that the more established the business, the more case studies they have. Mm. And usually it's the case studies that, um, that prick our attention, yeah. as it were, because that we think, okay, fine, that's, that's the way in which we can include your why, um, you know, the, the, the service or whatever, as mm. well as the satisfaction from a customer's point of view. Yeah. And from a customer's point of view, there's, there's no stronger story than them telling other people how good your product is. Yeah. 
yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've talked about, I guess, when the, the creating the video and the, the fundamentals from starting it. Once it then goes out, how do you see that video, like, it's huge now. Video is everywhere. Like, I remember a few years back and kind of people going, oh, why would I want a video? And now everyone's like, video, video, give me, I, how do I get a video? How do you think it's changing the industry and, like, and business and how we do business, how we communicate in business? And then also maybe the interesting thing, how it's then flipping back on itself and how is it changing film and TV? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Further questions. But yeah, business first. Well, if you, if you look at business, it's a classic line that everybody's used. People do business with people, mm. okay? But 10 years ago, and I say 10 years ago, it could probably even be as, as little as eight or even seven years ago, the only way you could find out about that person was to read about them, mm. what they said on their website and whatever. There was very little feedback or whatever. Mm-hmm. But video is so transparent that you can actually see people, mm-hmm. see how they react. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could write anything on, on a you know, front page of my, my website, but if I come across and in any way I don't appear genuine in what mm-hmm. I say and do on a video, someone's going to spot it yeah. and they're going to go, fake, mm-hmm. you know? So in that way, we're, the social media and our networks and our mobile phones and everything, it are, are driving our audiences to expect mm-hmm. um, the, the way in which we lean towards how we communicate to satisfy them. Mm-hmm. And they are choosing video yeah. because they can watch it on their phones, they can you know, watch it on the train to work, on the bus to work, mm-hmm. you know, they can watch it while they sit on the toilet, they can watch it while having mm-hmm. a bath, anything. Yeah. They, can, you know, it, they, they can choose now when. Yeah. Gone are the days where TV says, if you want to watch Coronation Street, you've got to sit down at 8 o'clock. Mm. you know gone mm-hmm. that will never ever come back yeah but now with netflix and um, amazon and prime and stuff like that we can download watch live or you know online anything to suit a moment mm. so that's now that's now what we're used to you know and and the the young 11 and 12 year olds that are getting their phones probably even a lot younger now yeah. getting their phones that's how they're already consuming content they're watching youtube videos um, they're watching instagram um, stuff and whatever and they're and they're watching it either live or they're watching it at their particular point in time mm-hmm. so now as and and our audiences are expecting that because you know we, we don't always want to sit down and watch tv or sit down and watch a particular story or something like that mm-hmm. but at the same time we might want to watch or research for some information on a, on a product or a service, but we don't have a lot of time to do it. You yeah. know? So dinner's in five minutes, so I'm going to do it. So what's the quickest way? Instead of reading, the quickest way is for me to watch a video. Yeah. And, if I, and, and if it tells me what I need to know in, five, in 30 seconds, 90 seconds, I've done my research. Yeah. You know? And on a video level, when a, when a, when a, a business person stands in front of the camera and you know talks about their business their product or or the reasons why they're doing what they do the very transparency of video mm-hmm. is in itself a subconscious communication to your viewer mm. and they're they're assessing whether they like you or not yeah maybe liking is not quite the the, the right expression whether they believe you are for you know your product mm. they want to have faith yeah in business there's one criteria all of us in business are doing we're selling certainty because if we didn't sell certainty nobody would buy our product mm-hmm. whether it's a service or you know and you know a tangible widget yeah okay so you we've now got to appear 
with confidence mm-hmm. and we've got to make sure that our viewers understand that we deliver certainty, mm-hmm. i.e. we deliver what they're looking for. Yeah. What would you say is the balance? You said, you know, get, the, get it across in five minutes or like 30 seconds. Is that, and this is something that I'm always fascinated with, where the line is between, um, we said about being authentic, right, and there's nothing more authentic than just kind of turning on the camera and talking. And, but often when we talk, and the most authentic way of talking isn't short because we're kind of exploring it and being natural how we would have a conversation right versus if you want to keep it short often you'll need to script it or pre-prepare and then you lose some of that authenticity what's is there a what's the balance for you would you say and and I guess this is a subjective thing isn't it Um, it is it is very subjective I think what would your approach be um we you have to tease people Mm -hmm. you have to tease them with information or just like, you know, a, a, an English composition, that first opening paragraph is a summary, mm-hmm. almost, of your, your, your composition. So in the same way, your video, your first video, is a summary of what you're, what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Um, what we recommend to our clients is that we make small films that, that tease people out mm-hmm. and then get them to choose consciously to invest more time to learn about what what more they would like to learn mm-hmm. so then they can watch another slightly longer film okay yeah so they you know give them the bullet points give them the servers uh, right up front in 30 seconds mm-hmm. and say if you want to learn more or, or whatever go to this page or click the link below and you can yeah. watch a, a you know a two-minute film about it yeah or well, we've just we've just made a nine-minute explainer for a client but it's it's fronted by two teasers yeah yeah, so it, I, I guess that's the balance maybe between when I asked you before about the balance between being unique and eye-catching and maybe a bit controversial or whatever it may be versus telling a story and engaging and stories are always they're not always long but to tell a good story takes a bit of time doesn't it yeah. so maybe is that the balance between the it two is and playing the two off against not against each other but complementing each other maybe a better way yeah mm. and it's how it, it, it it's how you tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really brilliant story that I know <laughs> with um, uh, Ernest Hemingway. Mm-hmm. And he was drinking in a bar because he lived a long time in, in Cuba and he was drinking with some of his mates in, in the bar and they were talking about how long a novel should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, he piped up and said, I, I bet you for $100, um, I bet you all $100 each uh, that I could write a story in six words. And they didn't believe him. How can you yeah. write, possibly write a story in six words? Yeah. So they all put $100 onto the bar. And he then said, uh, for sale, baby's shoes never used. Mm. That tells the whole story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know? So he did it. Yeah. And he won, he won $600, I believe, the story. But that's powerful. You see, again, it's a story. So you, you don't have to have a long, you know... 30-page narrative yeah. or a nine-minute narrative to mm-hmm. tell your story. Mm-hmm. But it all depends on how you use words and yeah. how you create interest yeah. and engage, you know, as a storyteller, engage your audience. Mm. And is that just a case of, over time, learning, refining your message, evolving, working with people to kind of give you feedback and improve? Um, because to be able to, yeah, get that down takes a lot of effort right some people are much better wordsmiths Mm -hmm. than others i'm particularly not a good wordsmith so i have to kind of work work hard um now with with the experience i've got i've now got i know what works narratively Mm. um, particularly as a voiceover script and stuff but 
that's only down to experience. Mm -hmm. But I know and have met people that could sit down and write a script on the back of a um, you know, paper napkin, and that's the final script yeah. because they've just nailed it straight away. Mm. One of the most interesting experiences I ever had when I first started... Uh, I've been in business all my life because I've worked for myself, never worked for anybody else. But when I started my media business nine years ago... Um, I thought I should really go back to doing a little bit of business school. So I went back to business school. And one of the strongest lessons I learned in, in that course was how to pitch. Mm -hmm. Because you've got the 15-second elevator pitch, yeah. you know, and then you've got your 30-second and your 90-second pitch. Um, and it's how you engage someone, mm -hmm. how, you, how do you m become memorable, um, you know, and how do you make them want to know more. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a series of very cleverly placed words mm -hmm. that you repeat and you get familiar with. Yeah. So that process put into film and scripts and voiceover is um, is a straightforward process. But to keep the spontaneity, as you've just said, it's about knowing knowing what you're talking about yeah. more than than anything yeah. and and you know almost memorizing bullet points sometimes when i do a video blog i'll have right by the camera a series of bullet points mm. and they, they just delicately remind me without distracting my eye line what i'm what i've got to talk and if particularly if they've got to be delivered in a certain order mm -hmm. so you know i do that and that helps me keep on on message yeah. because being live and being genuine and spontaneous is more consumable than being very dry and not being able to read it with, yeah. you know without any inflection or anything yeah and that's what it's all about yeah so you know we just reviewed a video that a client had made for them two or three years ago and the voiceover was so monotone mm. that it this it, the content was fantastic it was all filmed fantastic but the the, the content was so monotone uh, or that the voiceover that you know, people got bored, and that's why it didn't work. It's funny, isn't it? We kind of always think about the visual, but yeah, mm. it all adds in. Doesn't it's it? it's a mixture. Part of it. That's the whole thing. It's mm. a visual, it's sight. You know, yeah. you're, you're you're seeing the the stuff, you're hearing the stuff, and you're mixing it all together. Yeah. And then you're at the same time you're you're processing the information that you're 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 seeing and hearing. Yeah. In in documentary, well, in any film actually, there's a process where it's called letting the film breathe. Mm -hmm. It's where you finish something and then, then there's, there's nothing happens shortly after that. And mm -hmm. what it does, it just allows the, the audience or the viewer to take a breath, yeah. you know, and, and process what's just happened or what's just been said. And that's really powerful. Mm. And a lot of people, when you actually look at people trying to make films for themselves, they are making the classic mistakes, you know, and, and not letting a film breathe is, is, is one of them. Yeah. Not having an adequate tease at the top is another one. Yeah. Yeah, all great tips. Okay, so this is, I guess, great tips at where we're at at the moment, and it's everyone. It's there's loads of video and how to stand out amongst it. But I just want to kind of finish on where do you think it's going next? We're in this at the moment. Video is where we're at, but what comes in the short, you know? I think short um, AI and um, uh, virtual reality mm -hmm. will will integrate much more. Mm -hmm. Just like um, now, that a lot of these Xbox games—if you saw them years ago—they were, you know, they weren't very authentic at all. Whereas I've, I've just seen a, an animated film using the same um, software that generates the Xbox stuff, 
and it really, really is difficult to tell that the environment that they're in and the, and the actor is not real. Wow. It's that good. Wow. So that's going to be yeah. where it is. And you, you will now <clears throat> be able to, people will be able to, I reckon, people will be able to create their own business avatars. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to create a personality themselves. Yeah. And it'll be largely reflected by them, but it won't be them. Mm-hmm. Um, so a biz- we'll have a literal business personality, like in a person form, mm, rather yeah. than just, yeah. you know, in our <clears throat> brand guidelines or core values, it'll be a person that has all these values, or an avatar that has yeah. these values. Yeah, and it may, I mean, that, it may not happen to that level to mm. smaller businesses because, it, you know, a smaller business always has, um, you know, its own, or should always have its owner's face mm-hmm. or, or it, at least team members' yeah. faces. Um, but it will... The chances are it could happen with bigger corporations because mm-hmm. bigger corporations have so many people working for them, but they have their own message. They they become a, a living entity, mm. particularly now the way leadership is, is going and, and the way in which we commu- communicate, as you said earlier, internally as well as externally. You know, they they become they will have to become living organisms mm. almost that, that, from a business level, responds to their audience, yeah. uh, to sell their product, to, to sell their service. Um, t- take someone, take two random uh, occasions, um, you know, uh, old uh, Steve Jobs and Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. They're at the top of their really big, big companies. But they they chose to be the personality of those businesses, mm. um, whereas some businesses don't. So therefore... Yeah. It might be, whereas in, in the past it would be, let's say, a, an actor or an actress that would represent that, that brand. It, you know, now it would, the, 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 the technology there mm. to, to have an, a completely you know, standalone avatar. I, did, I saw this, that this was a thing, actually, now, on Instagram. Not quite video, but on Instagram, yeah, robots as influencers because then the brand has complete control over what they do. They're not going to mm. go off and do some crazy thing and they have to, oh, God, and the brand's going, what the hell do we do? I know. Um, it's scary, right? We're not even, you know, the influencers are not even going to be real people, potentially. They're just going to be a, a made-up... Well, I, I would hope not, because that comes back down to what, what is driving us. I, 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 from a consumer point of view, we want authenticity. Mm-hmm. We, we seek that in mm. everything that we choose to research, be entertained in, yeah. uh, or, you know, learn about. Um, so that authenticity is a really fine line. And if people think that it's a robot that's talking that's got absolutely no character, then, you know, it won't have any, any influence. Yeah. But so as time goes on, that, that, that influence line will become finer and more delicate mm. and we will demand it but, but but just like the use of modern technology ai and virtual reality and 360 and all of that it's new technology it's, it's us buzzing we're, we're reacting positively to it so yeah. therefore it will be embraced in terms of marketing mm-hmm. at a level and the technology will allow us to create those avatars but whether they survive or not is yet to be seen because yeah. by then the viewer and the audience will have changed in its tastes, mm. you know? Whereas before we would accept being sold to, now we don't. Yeah. And we don't have to. We're in control. As a, the buyer is in control because we can go and research anything we want about mm. any product or about any person. And depending on how they stand up to that research as to whether we decide to go and do business with them. Yeah. So that will 
there will be a fine line of how we control that. Yeah, exciting. But to the see technology's how, there. Yeah, how it all progresses. Mm. It does become tools, and at the heart of it, there's still stories, still exactly. authenticity. Exactly. Which is what it's all about. So. Absolutely. Hacks, Absolutely. it's been wonderful chatting, really interesting. And can you, for those people who want to find out more about what you do, uh, about story, where can they find you? My business is called uh, Prisma Broadcast, and it's prismabroadcast.com. Yep. Uh, you can find out all, all about what we do mm-hmm. on at that website. Okay. And the socials, or is it best to get you on um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, yep. Mike Hacks. I, it, sometimes it, I use – my nickname is um, Hacks, and it's also my brand, but uh, my name is Mike Hack- Hacker. Um, yep. So uh, LinkedIn, it's Mike Hacker. Um, Facebook, it's Mike Hacker. And usually it's either got brackets hacks or brackets filmmaker or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm easily... Put it in the Google. I'm easily found. Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm easily exactly. found, yes. Benefit of having a unique exactly. name. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I just make sure I don't end up owing too much money because I can be found too easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> hacks, it's been wonderful. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. A big thanks for listening to The Big Ideas Show. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, comment and review. Proudly supported by... Bowfish Glass Services, QBH Solutions, the GoMonkey web app, and Meticulous Media.